baby. Welcome, everyone, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined today in studio, as always, by my good friend and self-proclaimed golf sicko, Mr. Jonathan Till. Jay Till, how are we doing this evening, bud? Keith, doing well. Uh, I'd like to say, as always, like, uh, sixth episode here. They say the first six are the hardest. So I think, I've read that, too, yeah. yeah. Uh, we are officially about to get over the hump. So, uh, enjoyed a nice Tuesday, uh, unsurprisingly to anybody who is listening to this podcast, out on the golf course, we'll talk a little bit about that, out at the Greens, and now ready to, to fire up, talking about the week that was, and uh, a little bit of a look ahead, and then I, I, honestly, I am very excited to talk about Romano's, it's a course that strikes people in a lot of different ways well, it really and struck me on saturday there's so no I'm, other way to <laughs> i you know I, i'm gonna be i'm gonna be patient here i'm gonna try to get ahead of myself i'm not gonna try to push us along through our news but i am ready for some romano's talk but uh overall i think it's gonna be another another great pod well we're gonna talk a, a lot about romano's later in the pod and all the uh the, the great things that the the fine town of watonga and the uh, surrounding uh, suburbs there have to offer in northwest oklahoma uh, but before we get into all that jay teal as always man we got to show some love to our sponsor and, and of course that's chalk sports bar chalk is oklahoma city's premier luxury sports bar located in chisholm creek plaza at 1324 west memorial road Follow Ben, Chad, and the whole Chalk team on the web at ChalkOKC.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at ChalkOKC. Make Chalk your 19th hole and catch all the weekend action from the PGA on their dozens of big screens while enjoying some great food in a tremendous atmosphere. Always the favorite, that's Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Well, speaking of PGA, Jay Till, we got to talk a little bit about the and recap the CJ Cup uh, out at Shadow Creek in Las Vegas this weekend. Jason Kokrak. I believe is the pro- proper pronunciation. You can you can tell me if I got that right or not. Uh, wins his first PGA Tour event, I think, in 233 tournaments that he's been in, as <laughs> yeah. the stat I read. So I, I, uh, saw, a great, I uh, saw a great headline from somebody that I follow that's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, and he said, nobody beats Jason Kokrak 234 times. <laughs> yeah, I think it was an old tennis <laughs> card. Was it uh, Yvonne Lindell or something like that? One of the tennis greats had that. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, pretty good stuff there. He edges out my pick, uh, my fantasy pick uh, from this past week, uh, the X-Man, Xander Shoffley, by two strokes. Uh, 20 under, takes home 1.75 mil and 500 FedEx points. So so good for Jason, right? Finally gets a breakthrough there. I think if you've You've started 233 PGA events and haven't won a single one. I think that classifies as a journeyman um, status. And and you had a pretty good pick as well. Uh, Terrell Hatton there, the Englishman, finished in a tie for third uh, with Russell Henley at 17 under. But we'll get into the fantasy picks a little bit later. But, you know, the PGA, they finish up their little Vegas tour here. As you had mentioned, you know, Jay Till in previous pods, um, you know, I due to COVID, yep. some of the you know issues, uh, these tournaments are, are typically scheduled in, in Asia. Um, and uh, so playing them in Vegas and uh, the Zozo, I think it falls into that category as well. And it's going to be played out in California uh, this weekend. And we'll talk a lot about that here coming up. But any, any parting thoughts uh, on the CJ Cup uh, out in Vegas before we kind of move on uh, to the Champions Tour? We get some news on the Champions Tour as well. I think not so much on the CJ Cup as an event. Um, it's one of those 
nobody gets cut, everybody gets a payday, everybody plays four rounds type of events, which for the most part uh, aren't that interesting. Uh, always you know, produce good leaderboards because it's only the best players that are playing in those events. But I think Shadow Creek, you know, much like last week when uh, Aronim Inc. was more the star of the show, I think seeing Shadow Creek on television uh, for the second time and seeing it played by a lot of different guys. I think we mentioned on the pod last week that Shadow Creek was the site of the first match between Tiger and Phil. And um, this week you got to see a lot more, obviously, shots from different places and shots around the green and things like that. Just a very interesting place. Completely man-made. I mean, completely man-made. There were some pictures circulating uh, last week on Twitter that kind of showed the barren landscape that it was before they created it. So very interesting to see it. I thought it showed well, believe it or not, on TV for being 100% artificial. Uh, we're talking waterfalls everywhere, like literally fake rocks. You know, a it lot does, of times they're... It lo- does not look like the Vegas desert, that's know, fair. <laughs> well, these days they make rocks that look like... Is that... That's actually a rock. These don't even look like real rocks. That's how fake this place looks. It's like mini golf, but, you know full-length golf course, but as much uh, kind of crap as I give Shadow Creek, it's certainly a, an amazing place and a, a feat of modern engineering, and it showed well and probably perfect for these PGA Tour guys. You know, it, PGA Tour golf's kind of becoming like living in a simulator anyway, so interesting to sh- see Shadow Creek play out in that way. I think the winner, uh, 20, 20 under is what Kokrak finished at, which is very much a PGA Tour type score. So Yeah, fourth fourth round 64 too. So he went out and won it. So an impressive He went out Sunday. and won it, dropped the hammer on those guys. He's uh definitely known as a bomber, uh, kind of the poster boy for 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 bombing it. And so at a place like that, you can see how that would have come through. Our guy Xander, I know that you and I are both big fans. Um, pretty much one of us is going to pick him every single week until he wins, uh, I think is the is our idea there. But it feels like maybe he's trying too hard because he's put himself there a ton, but hasn't got a victory since the 2019 Century Tournament of Champions. So that would have been almost kind of two full seasons ago, depending on how you look at PGA Tour seasons. But January 2019, so we're talking about damn near two years that he's actually won. Now, since then, he's had a ton of top fives, ton of top tens. I mean, he's playing great. So you'd think he's one of those guys that it's just a, quote, matter of time. Maybe a little bit of a spoiler alert. I think he'll finish high at Augusta. But uh, an entertaining tournament. Uh, um, Bar none, I think, seeing it at Shadow Creek was better than I expected. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Xander Shoffley there was the leader after the first two rounds, right? So after round two on Friday, and then he kind of lost it on Saturday, shot a two over over 74, then come back Sunday and uh, uh, shot a decent round of 66 to finish in second. But, uh, uh, you know, you made mention of the match, Jay Till, and I don't really have it in our notes here, but there was some news that broke, uh, I believe, yesterday about the match coming back in a little different format here. I think you have Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley, uh, a guy who struggled with the golf game um, very publicly uh, over the last few years and been the butt of a lot of jokes there due to that ugly swing. But I think they're going to take on Peyton Manning and Steph Curry, I believe, uh, coming up here in uh, in a few few weeks. Uh, in, under that match some good, format, uh, yeah. give us some good Thanksgiving week content for yep. the pod. Yep. You know, when we're kind of searching, I'm, I'm sure they're putting it 
there for a reason. Seems like they're starting to reach just a little bit, and I suppose anytime you don't have Tiger, you're gonna you got to come up with some sort of creative way to do these things. But yeah, I saw that as well. Certainly, Friday after Thanksgiving, probably will tune in. You know, amongst some college football. But yeah, Phil always going to be entertaining. Um, hated not to see him out of Shadow Creek this week, but uh, turns out he made the right decision. And speaking of Phil, that, that's what we call a segue, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, Phil Mickelson out on the Champions Tour uh, gets a big win at the Dominion Energy Charity Classic out in Richmond, Virginia this weekend. Um, 17 under, uh, holds off Canadian Mike Weir, two lefties at the top of the leaderboard. That probably didn't. That all that is often, a rare right. So we have to go back in the old stat book and figure out how long it's been since we've had two lefties in one and two uh, at the top of a PGA or even a Champions Tour event. But Phil uh, gets a, a win there, pockets three hundred grand uh, out on the Champions Tour, shoots a sixty-five, a seven under uh, there in the final round to hold off, and pulls off another one of those crazy hook shots, you know, reminiscent of what he's done at Augusta in the past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, we keep making these allusions to Augusta and we're, we're tantalizingly close. And oh, so man. we're going to, we're going to try to hold off and uh, uh, wait till we get a little closer before we talk too much about that. But how about lefty on the champions tour this weekend, Jay Till? Well, two for two, a few weeks ago, we were talking about uh, Jimmy Furyk and his two for two start to his champions tour career. Well, Phil goes out and does the same thing. Feels a, <laughs> it feels a lot more bullying uh, than it did with Furyk. You know, Furyk's always seemed like a guy who was just uh, senior tour ready with that swing and not really hitting it that far, getting it around, very precision. Phil, as he likes to say, is out there dropping bombs on these guys. I want to say he's like carry distance a couple times of 330, which is just absurd. Bullying these guys, I, I would call it that. But, again, he's an entertainer. I thought it was just awesome. Um, he could have actually played the CJ Cup this week, uh, being, I think it's like the top 78 players in the world had the opportunity to do that. And he had a great one-liner where he said that, well, you know, the last time I played Shadow Creek, I was playing for $9 million, so it's really hard to get it up to go back out there again for a paltry <laughs> uh, you know, $1.2 million winner's, uh, winner's check. So Phil always dropping the funny bones on us. But good to see him making it happen. And I hope, I don't think it's going to happen, but I hope that some of these upper echelon guys that are uh, nearing Champions Tour status over the next five or six years, chief among them, the cat, goes out and lets us see what he can do as well. I'm, I'm not holding my breath, but lefty going out and doing it at least gives us hope. Yeah, and again, fun fun to look at those leaderboards on the Champions Tour now, especially as we're, we're getting up there, Jay Till, in and around the 40-year-old range, and so not too far behind these guys. But Phil Mickelson, Mike Weir, Kenny Perry, K.J. Choi, Retief Goose, and Ernie Els, you know, makes a top mm-hmm. 10 here, tied tied for ninth. And Jim Furyk, you mentioned, uh, in uh, shot well, you know, tied for 13th, eight under par there. He pockets about 40 grand. But, yeah, just crazy to see these guys on the Champions Tour. It doesn't, doesn't feel like they should be that old. And, and I know I've said that on the pod in the past. But um, I guess if we live long enough, we will get old. That's kind of how it works. But um, kudos to Lefty. So, a uh, big win there. And uh, he I think he's actually in the field for the Zozo this weekend, if I'm not mistaken, out in California. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, so, we'll get to see him back. Uh, home game. Back on the uh, uh, the PGA Tour this weekend uh, out in California. But, you know, one of the things that we have to talk about here, Jay Till, and I, I'm glad you brought it to my attention, 
you know, college golf is a big deal here in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, we are blessed uh, to have two tremendous golf programs in Oklahoma State and the uh, University of Oklahoma, you know, have been in and around the uh, NCAA championships. You know, Oklahoma State has a long history of having a tremendous golf program there up in Stillwater. Carson Creek, obviously their home course and one of the, the better courses here in the state of Oklahoma. But, you know, OU's come about yeah, here over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, put a lot of money into Jimmy Austin, the home course there. And there, there's a little tournament going on down in Dallas at the, uh, the the Merido Golf Club, I believe is how you pronounce that. You have eight of the Big 12 schools and then four other schools playing in a team and individual tournament uh, this week, actually wrapped up today, I believe. Yeah, great college golf here. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma both have great showings. I think from a team perspective, Oklahoma State ends up winning it. Uh, Oklahoma finishes in third right behind Pepperdine. Um, you know, they, they should have a go- good golf ke- uh, team right out in Malibu. You get some good, good weather and good golf courses out there. <laughs> but um, your thoughts on the college golf here and on the Merido Golf Classic down in Dallas this weekend, bud? Well, I, th- I think you put it very well. It, g- it gets lost somehow, even in a state that has tremendous you know, two, what I would call, become Oklahoma State, definitely a powerhouse, no doubt about it. Oklahoma getting there, certainly over the last five years, you could would say stands toe-to-toe with any golf program in, in uh, the country but it does get lost and even I have to remind myself uh, of when that gets fired up in the fall and the spring is obviously big for um, for collegiate golf and so you know, we have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to state schools and me being a Sooner I always like it when OU is doing great things in any sport and golf being my favorite sport uh, especially cool and so was happy to see they had a good week. Uh, Oklahoma State takes home the team title uh, down at Merido Golf Club in Dallas, led by, I believe, our man Austin Eckrote, uh, finished uh, tied for second in terms of individual score. He was their, their leader. Uh, OU uh, finishes third, had a strong day today in the final round to, to sneak into that third spot, uh, led by the All-American Quade Cummins uh, out of Weatherford uh, of uh, Cummins uh, automotive fame, I believe that's his family. So very cool to see those guys playing so well. I think that that's something that on this podcast we're definitely going to keep an eye on. And any time that either state school is playing in an invitational or in an event, we will make mention of it because the thing that's hardest about it right now is that normally, like non-COVID times, you could go and watch these guys, and I mean, like you could be damn near walking up the fairways with them. Very intimate setting, not a lot of people out there. And these guys, from a skill perspective, are right there with PGA Tour players. In terms of, like, you know, eyeball test, you're going to think, like, these guys are all going to go out there and tear up the PGA Tour. That's how good collegiate golf at this level is. And so, God willing, here in the spring, maybe things relax a little bit, and you're able to go and, and check these guys. And, frankly, the ladies, you know me, I'm always talking about the ladies' golf uh, we're fortunate that OU and OSU are uh, pretty pretty stout on the ladies' side as well. That's not even counting Oklahoma City University. Men's and women's teams are both really good, and you can see them a lot here locally playing at uh, Lincoln Park, among other places. But, yeah, very cool that that got on our radar this week, and good to see both state schools finishing the top three at a, at a course that's getting some notoriety at Merido. I saw that uh, Spieth played kind of this charity deal as golf was starting back up to get it some notoriety. So a lot of great college golf and something that we're going to keep 
uh, keep hammering on uh, for the duration of this podcast for sure. Yeah, the the pictures and the layout of Merido look, look really cool. So, and I, I'd never heard of it, so I'm kind of glad that uh, you brought it to my attention. I, I did a little studying on it earlier today, and it does look like a really neat golf course. And so, uh, Kyle Hogan of Texas Tech was the low individual, uh, and I believe I read that the low individual of this tournament was uh, was going to get a sponsor exemption to play in the Houston Open. Very nice. Uh, in a couple weeks uh, down in Houston, there it used to be the Shell Houston Open. I don't know if Shell is the sponsor anymore, but uh, or the primary sponsor. I think it's just the Houston Open now. But you know, talking of the Houston Open, Jay Till, you know, news broke. I think Sunday afternoon, Monday, that they are planning. I think it'd be the first PGA Tour event to allow fans back in uh, on the other side of the ropes. I think the plan is to have uh, up to two thousand fans on each round. Uh, beginning uh, obviously on uh, Thursday, the first week of November. You know, traditionally the Houston Open is the tournament right before the Masters, and so that they're going to follow protocol uh, even in this weird COVID year to where the Masters has been pushed back into November. But you know, your thoughts on this being the first PGA event to allow fans back in? Good idea, bad idea. You know, not going to pass judgment one way or the other. But uh, you know, again, de- definitely newsworthy. It'll be the first PGA event to let fans back in. Ultimately, I think it's a good idea. I think that golf as a sport in general being outside and spread across you know, ton of acreage, and you're talking about 2,000 people, uh, to give some sense of perspective, normally there can be like twenty to 25,000 fans out on a golf course. So when you talk about 2,000, uh, certainly it's going to be fairly easy to keep folks spread out. Now, that being said... We are seeing things where things are spiking, uh, even out on tour. We're getting a few more positive tests. Uh, I think we're going to talk about maybe we kind of didn't talk about the DJs pulled out again this week, but yep, yep. still lingering effects. I, from ultimately, COVID. I think it's a good idea because just like with all things COVID, the whole learning to live with it is, is something that keeps being touted. And so I think Houston's a good, good place to do it. It's obviously going to be easy to be outside. Uh, should be good weather. That, that particular golf course, Memorial uh, Memorial Park, is, is a big ballpark. So I think it's a good idea. I was uh, definitely had a, an eyebrow raised, um, but I think that they had to do it at some point. They seem to have been able to have pretty good protocols on, out on tour, uh, despite a few of the positive tests that have been popping up. So ulti- ultimately a good idea, and uh, more, more excited. And is that in, what is that, in three weeks, two weeks? Yep, November now? 5th through 8th. Yep, yep. Uh, I'll be excited to talk about Houston, when it comes up on our pod schedule, um, that golf course has been massively redone um, by Tom Doak with actually some input from Brooks Kepka, kind of his first uh, course input. But yeah, overall, good idea. Very limited number of folks and uh, excited to see that be pulled off without a hitch so that maybe we can, in the spring, start to, you know, maybe we'll, we'll get out and visit some events live ourselves and report back. Yeah, hopefully so. And, and again, you mentioned some of the players, you know, typically draw some big names as kind of that, that final tune-up before uh, Augusta on a, on an usual year. And again, it's going to be the same way this year as well, but uh, DJ, Brooks Kepka, Ricky Fowler, Brant Snedeker, Jason Day, Tony Finau, Phil Mickelson, uh, just to name a few of the guys who are committed to play as of right now. Again, you know, hoping that, uh, that they're able to fulfill those commitments and, and go down there and put on a good show for the fans in Houston. But uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that, see how that plan pans out. And again, I'm kind of with you. They're dipping a toe, right? 2,000 fans across that that big spread isn't that many people comparatively. Whenever you know you mentioned that there's probably typically 15 to 20,000 fans at that tournament, and so you know 10 percent 
uh, might be a good way to dip a toe. And, and hopefully all goes well and we can start to build that number up uh, as the uh, the weeks and months uh, start to uh, to come on. But Jay Till, you know, we got to talk a little bit about your week in golf, man. You mentioned you played golf this morning right. uh, in a charity tournament, and we'll get to that. But uh, you also played in a, kind of an alternate shot, kind of a fun format out at Stewart National this week as well, man. So give us a little update on your uh, rounds of golf uh, over here over the past week since we last did the uh, the podcast uh, last Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, Stewart National, probably better known as James Stewart Golf Course. Jimmy? Jimmy? Yeah. yeah. The, the I guess Jimmy. not the Jimmy. You got Jimmy Austin and Norman, too, so we don't want to confuse our yeah, listeners. TPC Jimmy, uh, we have deemed it Stewart National group of guys that uh, are really into hidden gym golf courses, uh, have created maybe the de facto Stewie National Society to, uh, to prop that place up and make sure folks know what a gym it is to go play. Yeah, located over there, what is that, like, I think it's Northeast 10th and MLK, roughly, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of tucked back behind, um, John, not John Marshall, uh, sorry, Douglas High School, next to the First Tee facility. But yeah, kind of on a whim, uh, last week, a buddy of mine, has sh- we shouted out two lefties already, uh, we're going to shout out a third, Mr. Justin Hoppick. Ask me if I. Uh, yeah, I anybody... think you showed him some love on Twitter. I think this week uh, as well, right? So yeah, you guys man, talked about it on Twitter. Our yeah. man, our man Jay Hop. He uh, wanted to do a little alt shot, which is definitely a fun format. And so we kind of challenged. I guess I'd say we set the challenge at uh, could he and I go out and shoot thirty nine or better, play an alternate shot. Kind of videoed the whole thing, put it out there on his YouTube channel, which was you know fun, fun diversion uh, on a Thursday afternoon. But again, I just got to encourage people to go out and check it out. It is nine holes, uh, very playable, uh, really great condition. I mean, right now all the golf courses in Oklahoma city, I mean, maybe not bar none, but pretty much it's been really fortunate, in really good shape. Yeah, last two weeks of weather or last two months of weather have just been incredible in Oklahoma. Yeah. And so I, you know, I, and in some regards, I don't want too many people to go out there because it's a great place that it's not, not always busy. So it's a great place. You can go, you know, get nine holes in an hour and a half, uh, fairly quickly, a late afternoon after work. But I would definitely encourage folks who are uh, Oklahoma City golfers to get out there and check it out. It's a, it's a great vibe, very laid back, and uh, fun, fun track to play. We uh, we did we did break 39. We actually shot a one over par 36, which is damn difficult wow, to impressive. do an alternate shot. Yeah. Uh, there were a few squarely ones, but also a few great shots mixed in. So that was part of uh, the, the past week. Got out to the kind of the normal Sunday game at Lincoln. Played Lincoln West on Sunday afternoon. Uh, great condition uh, as it's been all year. Uh, that was the that was the day that it was nice in the morning and then turned pretty dang cold in the afternoon. We were out there in the afternoon and uh, obviously push cart mafia out there hoofing it. No problem. Plenty comfortable to be out there walking. I'm telling you, folks, winter golf. Get out there and walk. You will have a great time. You'll stay plenty warm. You'll be thinking, I promise you, if you'll do it all winter, you'll think, why haven't I always done this? I could play golf year-round. Got it done on Sunday. Played really well. Kind of smoked the field, uh, so to speak. We had a little fivesome going on out there. Uh, got, got to give it up to our man Scooter Gers, kind of a regular mention on the podcast these days. His first uh, round in the Pushcart Mafia, he survived 18 holes. That was his nice, only goal. Good for Scotty, yeah. yeah. Survive 18 in the, um, in the PCM, which he did. So it was a nice afternoon out at Lincoln. Those folks are always accommodating. And then, yeah, definitely want to give some love to the Down Syndrome Association of Central Oklahoma. 
Diet de Sasco. A lot of we actually were talking about this after the tournament today. Like, how do you pronounce that acronym? But we'll just call it DASCO. To make I, it I just did the D S A C O Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have some really good friends, uh, Jeff and Ashley Papiridis. Yeah. That great uh, people, great, great people. folks that have a daughter uh, who is living uh, with Down syndrome, and they've uh, just handled that uh, beautifully, and and really just a loving family. Abby's just a brilliant little girl that uh, you know, is always smiling every time she shows up. So it's an easy thing to support. Uh, Chalk, obviously a big supporter of our podcast, was a, was a big sponsor for the tournament along with some of our other oil and gas friends out supporting the cause. It was, a, again, a little bit chilly of a day, but I, I just love cold weather golf. You're out there getting to enjoy being at the Greens. I think I mentioned that place was in great shape. Just, again, kind of some similar themes as we talk about golf courses right now. If you haven't been out there, I'd, I'd highly suggest it. They'll probably let you be a member for a day and, and check it out. They've got Bermuda Greens, which a lot of folks are starting to get turned on to right now. Fairways were in great shape. Our team played pretty well. You know, we were we finished ten under. So anytime I'm in a scramble, double digits is always my goal to get to get to ten, and and we did. It wasn't anywhere near close enough, as you can imagine. I believe there was probably low numbers out there. Nineteen yeah. under <laughs> yeah. was the uh, winning score. Uh, shout out to the accounting firms. But uh, had a great had a great week of golf, uh, and looking forward to hopefully catching a good weather day or two still before the end of this month to get back out there. Well, fantastic! Yeah, the greens I, I played it. I think in late August, maybe right before Labor Day weekend, and it was in fantastic shape. And I don't I don't want to toot my own horn or kind of humble brag here, but uh, for those uh, folks uh, who are interested in being a member for the day at the greens, I do know the owner. Oh. Uh, he actually owns the building, our office building that's in. And so I can probably uh, make some connections there and maybe get a pass uh, at least to get a round out there. And Tweet uh, at us. Uh, know, know some members out there. And, again, a, lot, a fun course there kind of on the northwest side of Oklahoma City. And so I've uh, been around for a while. Great layout. And, again, it's it's immaculately taken care of. Uh, and uh, and we, we can get around out there, JT. We're not big long hitters. And so uh, we can actually uh, get around and make a good score yeah. out there Short as well. Short par so, fours. Yeah. I've talked about it a few times on this pod already. I love them. It has a inordinate, frankly, amount of short par fours. Par threes are actually the thing that's the toughest out there. You know, I don't think we played a par three that was under 160, even from the one-up tees today. So that was where we had trouble scoring. But, uh, yeah, I would give a – it's not – the greens isn't for everybody, but it really is a place that if you go out there with the right mindset and know that, yeah, I need to kind of maybe lay back here or there, um, you know, I'm going to get some squarely breaks, I think you you, know, you really enjoy it. You know, looking ahead to this weekend, JT, and we're going to make our picks here uh, towards the end of the pod as the usual. But you know, we've got to talk a little bit about the uh, the Zozo Championship again. We mentioned uh, out in California, Sher- Sherwood Country Club uh, there in Thousand Oaks, uh, uh, obviously kicks off on Thursday. You know, kind of some thoughts on the Zozo. Uh, we mentioned it earlier. DJ had to had to withdraw again due to uh, kind of some lingering effects to his COVID. Uh, positive COVID test uh, a week or so ago that uh, had him withdraw from the CJ Cup in Vegas as well. You know, anything in particular you're looking forward to uh, on the Zozo? Again, pretty good field, right? So we've got some um, some big-name golfers going to be in it. We're going to be making our picks again here in a moment. But, you know, your thoughts on the Zozo this weekend, just kind of a general look-ahead, feel-ahead, uh, what to expect out in California this weekend? Well, the big takeaway, or not takeaway, but the big big, uh, I think, key to this tournament and why it's being played where it's played is because of Mr. Tiger Woods. Mentioned that he is the defending champion from last year in Japan. That was uh, his uh, 82nd P- 
PGA Tour win, tying him for the all-time Tour wins lead with Sam Snead. And so when it was looking like, well, we're going to have to pull this tournament out of Asia for COVID concerns and not being able to travel, there's no doubt in my mind they called up El Tigre and said, so we really still want you to play again this year. Where should we have this thing? Tiger has won at Sherwood on multiple occasions, uh, most of which have been somewhat silly season kind of events. He had his own tournament, uh, the it's been called a bajillion things. I think at the time it was the Target World Challenge. Now it's the Hero World Challenge. He won there in 2011 uh, for his first win in quite a while, uh, beating Zach Johnson in a playoff. And so there's no doubt in my mind that that's why this tournament is being played there. So he has a lot of history there, Some play, a place that's going to be very comfortable so I'm, I haven't seen a tournament played there in quite a while since he moved his tournament uh, out to the Bahamas. But I think it's a course that it's still going to be a lot different than Shadow Creek in some regards. And that it, this place is definitely, like, from a natural standpoint, built right out of the side of a mountain. I mean, and it's going to have a lot of vistas, a lot of uh, pretty scenery that uh, I promise they didn't they didn't move all the trees in for this one. So Real rocks, not fake rocks. Real right? rocks, real trees, real water. Guess it's all real water, but yeah, you should definitely tune in uh, to see. Certainly, Tiger. Uh, anytime he tees it up, I think it's you know if you could see Babe Ruth play again, you'd probably every time he went up to bat, you'd you'd tune in. That's the state we're in with Tiger right now. So uh, tune into Tiger and the Zozo. Yeah, we're going to talk about it from a picks perspective, but again, golf course wise, I'm excited to see Sherwood Country Club. Uh, play out on TV once again after so many years of it being away. Yeah, and again, you mentioned it. You know, Tiger's going to be there. Phil's going to be there. A lot of big-name guys uh, are going to be playing in that tournament, and we'll we'll talk about that and the odds uh, and some of the favorites here uh, a little later in yeah, the Yeah, and pod. probably the last tournament that most of the guys are going to play, at least a lot of the big names, before the Masters. There are a lot of people that do like to play the week before. You mentioned the Houston Open and some of the folks that have already committed to that. But by and large, I think this will be – the last, quote, big one before uh, we, we stroll down Magnolia Lane. Well, you mentioned some beautiful vistas and some scenic views there at Sherwood and, and kind of the natural landscape. You know, talking about a course here in Oklahoma that has a lot of natural landscape and kind of some some natural beauty associated with it. And we alluded to it on the pod last week, and we we had some uh, have some of our listeners out there kind of send us some DMs on, on Roman Nose and their thoughts on it as well, and we appreciate all that, but... You know, Romano's, man, I played it Saturday morning, J-Till. And yes. we're going to talk a little bit about Romano's. A really a fun layout, kind of a, a resort course layout because it is, it is a difficult course in pristine conditions. And Jonathan, I've lived in Oklahoma my entire life, almost 40 years now, and the wind always blows in Oklahoma. Always. And Saturday morning may have been the windiest conditions I have ever played golf in in my entire life. It was, in a word, unplayable <laughs> it, it was i i can't I, I think on three occasions the wind blew my ball off the tee before i i hit my tee shot and on two occasions i recall <laughs> marking my ball to address a putt uh the wind blew in enough to move my ball on the green and so it was uh just i mean gust of 40 to 50 miles an hour and so you know our, our listeners you, you can confirm it i'm not making this up Go back and look at the weather report for Saturday morning. I had a 9.30 tea time out there. And, man, you know, and I guess give a little bit of context here. So the missus and I 
uh, took a camping trip out to Roman Nose State Park and stayed in a teepee, uh, Jonathan Till. Ooh. I mean, they have teepees that you yes, can, you I can stay yeah. in, so, in a camping area. And so I, I told the missus, Hey, look, the first weekend. That's authentic. That, that's not even oh, glamping. Yeah, that's authentic yeah, it was, camping. We were roughing it, dude. So, And I was filling it Sunday uh, Sunday morning on the way home. So I told her, like, hey, look, the first weekend that OU has a bye week, OU is not playing football, I'll go with you. You pick the place. You know, I'd prefer some park that has, maybe has a golf course so I can, I can get in a round of golf. And so um, she went to Sequoia State Park over in the east side uh, mm-hmm. with uh, some family a couple weeks ago. And so we decided on Roman Nose for this one. Got out there Friday afternoon, set up, had a good time. I had a few beers with our neighbors there. I didn't didn't know them. We just met them and, and had a few beers there. But woke up Saturday morning and really woke up in the middle of the night. And again, we were in a teepee, which was relatively well built. I mean, they're they're kind of stationary out there the way that Romano State Park has them built. But we could hear down the way some of our neighbors who had tents, J-Till, and waking up in the middle of the night because the wind was uprooting their tents and moving uh, the stakes. And uh, so I wouldn't say I had a good night's sleep beforehand, but... I was honestly debating whether or not I should go play golf Saturday morning. And then I said, what are you talking about? you got to play golf, right? I mean, that just um, doesn't matter the conditions. Got to do um, it. But it was rough, dude. So I'm not going to lie. It did get a little biblical. Uh, Friday <laughs> evening, Saturday morning, the wind uh, the wind was pretty tough. We did you know, ask some listeners if they have anything about Romanos to, to tweet at us. I, I, we, I, picked, I picked three out here. I had uh, at Matt Barrow said, remember the time I flipped the golf cart? You, that, there is some undulation and some hills there that you can definitely do that. Yeah. We had at Wobbly Knob Wood, Wobbly, at Wobbly Knob Wood, which is uh, our man Sean Lam- of Sean Lambert fame, Schluntbuster mm-hmm. fame, said, um, the time that I almost hit Dean Blevins. So that that's there's got to be more to that one. News Nine's own Dean Blevins. News Nine's right? own yeah. Dean Blevins. Uh, Dean the Dream uh, apparently must have been out of Romanos, and Sean almost took him out. And then <laughs> at Brian underscore Heathcock, it's a very simple tweet. It said number four, like frowny face. Uh, yeah, and that is one of the signature holes uh, out there at Roman Nose. Ha- happens to be the number one handicap. And so uh, I had frowny faces on a lot of the holes uh, on Saturday morning. And it was one of those deals, JT, I was playing as a single. And I started off, uh, there was a sixum ahead of me. Um, younger guys, uh, y- younger from, from our perspective, we're getting up there in age now, but uh, they were so kind to let me pass through after the second hole. And so on the uh, number three, a par three there, they let me play ahead. And so I was really kind of motoring around. I think I played 18 holes in two hours and 54 minutes. So I got a three-hour round in because there wasn't a whole lot of people dumb enough to go play golf yeah, on that Saturday I'm morning. Say, you probably 50, had to place most of yourself yeah. and the wind's blowing 40 and uh, – you're out of Romano's. I, that's not a place you want to be playing in the wind. So I got to say kudos to you for for doing it. Because it, if it would have been me, I don't know. It could have been uh, mimosas and uh, some breakfast at that it, point. It was hard to get out of bed. Uh, you know, it was kind of cozy there in the teepee. <laughs> Crazy to say <laughs> that. But uh, I, I was debating it. But I, I, I trudged ahead. Knew our listeners would be wanting to know how. Now, one of the things we were talking about last week is I was planning on walking it, right? And I, right. I did yes. bail out. I, I kind of wussed out on that front because I knew – it's like, man, this is going to be a rough round, and so I don't know if I'm going to compound this by by, by making the, uh, the the track up and down these hills. And so I, I did end up renting a cart, and and after about the sixth hole, I started hitting two, 
uh, two on, on every every tee box just playing to kind of second ball. Yeah, yeah, play playing around and uh, and really you know the last seven holes like things kind of I don't know if the the conditions did not get easier but I, I kind of started warming up a little bit and played uh, decent uh, over the last six or seven holes and we'll talk about some of that here in a moment but yeah those that you you get. You get through the third through the eighth holes on the front side there at Romano's, and that might be the toughest stretch of six holes uh, that you'll play on a state park golf course um, that, that you're going to find. I mean, it is not an easy course. And when the conditions, the wind gets up, it's 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 link style to a certain degree with all the rolling hills and the exposed greens. Um, there's not a yeah, lot of protection from the wind. Style from the wind's perspective. I mean, it, it's yeah. very much out in the open, nothing to stop the wind. You know, from a terrain standpoint, there's all those canyons. There's there's only forced carries, but there's slopes that if you're not hitting it kind of into the slope to kind of stop the ball, it's going to be going well off the fairway. So I'm I was definitely curious to to get your thoughts on Romano's because it's certainly a course that I feel like it's kind of a love it or hate it. You know, folks go out there and think, oh man, that was awesome. What did you shoot? Well, I shot a thousand, but I had a great time. Or I will never go out there again. That's complete circus golf. I hated it. And so, you know, curious what if you had to pick one of the two sides? Where would I know the conditions were crazy, but uh, where would you fall on that spectrum? No, I think I'd fall in the former. I, I I would like to go play it again under normal conditions. I think I, I think I would have a better go at it, and, and I think I would have kept it under a hundred, <laughs> even uh, even in those those crazy conditions, because you know you have to adjust, right? I I started you know kind of you know, checking my backswing from a driver just to try to keep it lower and not, to not hit it as far um, just because the wind was going to take it. And so the par threes were a lot of fun in those conditions. You know, right. they have a lot yeah. of short, they're relatively short par threes, right? A couple of them that are, you know, 100 yards, 100, 110 yards. So you're hitting wedge into them. And, and that's kind of fun as a as a gimmick, right? You don't want to play every par three that uh, that's 100 yards out. But in that wind, I mean, I would I would aim 75 yards to the right or, or to the left, you know, depending upon the wind, and it would end up somewhere close to the green. Sometimes it wasn't enough, and so hitting into the wind, my goodness, it was it was a four club wind uh, to to say the least. And you know, any imperfection in your swing, the wind was just going to magnify it and take it way right or way left. And so, uh, pretty 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 brutal yeah. on that front. Virtually impossible um, with that kind of wind. I would think that when most people show up at Romano's and you tee it up on one, number one is a even number one, it's it's a straightforward hole, but it does have this big drop off down to the green. Yeah, big hook at the left there to the and, dog leg to the left downhill. Yeah, you know, but still, you as much as you hear about it, you show up. Okay, number one, it's 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 that's not that bad, but pretty much starting with number two, you, like you feel like you hit a perfect drive, you can't find it. It's kind of a blind tee shot down the hill. You got some rocky crags on the right. You got trees up the left. I mean, you have to almost hit it into the rocks and hope it bounces left into the fairway to keep it in the fairway. Yeah, if you can somehow navigate the fairway, then you have to hit a perfect shot to get it up close to the green and two is a par five. So number two is no no picnic. Number three, somewhat of a reprieve in that you know, you're hitting this mega downhill. It's about 190 yards, plays about 160 because it's so far. I mean, it's like you know 50 yards, uh, sorry, 50 feet below the, the level of tee box. But then it definitely gets serious. I mean, you take this climb up the hill to number four. I did walk it back, uh, I believe it was Labor Day weekend, kind of as almost like as a joke uh, to walk it. 
And, yeah, it is straight up the hill to the fourth tee box. And number four is where it just gets to be a total beatdown because we're talking about you have to hit a perfect, perfectly straight 225-yard shot to be able to then turn in a complete 90-degree angle and go back up another hill to hit another 200-yard shot to have any chance of not of, of not making a seven. Because if you don't pull off either one of those shots, ball gone. Yep. Number four, I of all the holes I've played in Oklahoma, maybe all the holes I've played, period, is the most difficult golf hole for certainly for us, you know, average handicapped golfers. Maybe maybe the scratch folks out there would say, well, yeah, you just you hit the two twenty five shot, you hit the two hundred shot. I don't see why it's so hard. Well, it's so hard because those are difficult shots to pull off with any sort of precision, and you have to be precise. Number five, you got to hit a perfect drive up the left to make sure it starts on the left side of the hill so you can roll it down to the right side of the hill. If you don't, it's gone. Uh, you get you go back down that huge hill that you walked up to get to number four to play number six, which has to be just a rope hook draw to get it in position to have any shot at the green. Uh, just on and on and on. I mean, you could, you could go hole by hole here for the most part and talk about how difficult it is. And that's just – that's we haven't even talked about the back nine – which is for some of the most crazy, like, canyon, where you have to clear canyons. Yep, yep. And, and that was, you know, kind of one of the things we always talk about whenever we're kind of, you know, I guess, reviewing a golf course that, you, you know, one of us have played, Jay Till, is a favorite hole. And for me, it's 13, right? 13, uh, a drive across, you know, you kind of cross the road, right? Yep. So kind of the road that goes back to the camping area of the park uh, between 12 and 13, long par four. You your drive is, is uphill, forty yard par yeah, four uh, over kind of a, a valley, a canyon, a gorge, whatever you want to call it. And then, oh by the way, should you find it good or hit a good tee shot, which I did down the right side, I I, I kind of smoked one, uh, probably one of the better drives I hit all day. I was aiming way right, the wind was blowing right to left on that hole. I ended up in the short grass, and I've got about two hundred to get over another gorge, yep. which is cut right in front of the green. The green slopes way back back to front. Hit a hybrid three iron, hit the ball really, really well. I kind of hit, I draw that club. I'm drawing it with the wind, and I I land on the fringe, and then it trickles back and rolls down the hill into the gunch. Yep. Lost ball. Yep. Uh, take take a drop. Uh, end up making bogey uh, still because I hit a really good tee shot, but a fun 13. hole. Yeah, fun hole there, number thirteen. Really fun. You know, again, come on, like you think about those par fives often that you'll you'll have to cross. You know, two creeks or two rivers that kind of yep. go in between, kind of have that island fairway that you might want to land on, uh, but to decide whether you're going to go for it or not. And that that long par four kind of has that vibe, but it's par four, so you have to go for it and uh, um, hit two decent shots there. But uh, the second one did not work out just because of the slope of the green. And yeah, I mean, the greens, so many of those greens are up on kind of a knoll on a hill. And in those windy conditions, man, I'm telling you, uh, if you, you're a little short or you're a little long, that thing's rolling off. And uh, it, it did not uh, – um, the greens were not holding, I would say, in that wind. But uh, I, I really enjoyed it. A lot of fun. Again, really would like to go back and play in normal uh, conditions because uh, it was anything yeah. but well, normal. Yeah, you Saturday definitely morning. should. I, you know, I've been out there, and I would say, an inordinate amount of times. Uh, I, think was, I was thinking it was law school. I think it was 2009, the last time I played. So it's been 11 years. Been out yeah, there. yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, yeah so I – for a while, we were playing every spring and fall. They would have a stay-and-play kind of package that was ridiculously cheap. We'd go out, do Aishans, fried chicken, for those of you who aren't uh, familiar with the lovely folks in Okarchi. But would then you know, uh, stay the night, 
and play golf all day on Saturday before coming back. Did you stay in a teepee? And I did not stay in a teepee. Uh, you didn't, you're, not, I, you're not doing the I, real thing then. I will say, talking about fate, we were, I don't know if we're going to get into favorite moments, but I will say one of the favorite moments is we did, this, this was many years ago, back, back in our uh, maybe less responsible days, we basically slept on the putting green. We were we were out there deep into the night playing putting games, having a few adult beverages. I was say, were adult beverages involved had an early in that? tea time, okay. and it's yeah. like, well, we can just like kind of camp out right here on the green. So for those of you who uh, uh, knew Jay Teal, uh, the Mish, back in the younger days, those were some of the shenanigans we would get ourselves into. Never a TP though, so you definitely one up me there. But uh, definitely a favorite moment of Romano's days gone by. But you got to get out there. I mean, I know I've been saying that about a lot of places. I need to start telling, talking about some places that suck. Maybe people will take me a little more seriously. But uh, we're on a, certainly a run of talking about places that we enjoy. Romano's is definitely there for me. Uh, you know, that those unique feature of the course is is that it is hard. And it is tricked up is probably a good way to put it yeah kind of resort style course i mean it, it's meant to be difficult yeah, yeah it's yeah. uh it's a lot of fun i'm and it, i can get it around pretty good i think the best round i've ever played there maybe 84 85 and i felt like i shot 75 that's a great score there Absolutely. um but it's it's, it's a difficult one uh, so interesting to see that your favorite hole was number 13 it, it is a great hole uh, it is it is difficult. I, the only reason I wouldn't say it's as difficult as four is at least you have options. Like if you want to lay up and then give yourself a little wedge, you can. Where you don't, you know, you don't have to go for it and try to uh, make four a different way. Uh, I I would probably say my favorite is actually number ten. Uh, number ten is a hole that you, if you hit a good drive, you still have a fairly decently long shot in to this. Super plateau green that is probably postage stamp of a super green too. Postage tiny, stamp. It tiny. is just this plateau looking thing that I bet the greens probably from you know from a depth perspective, I bet it's only fifteen yards uh, deep, and so you have to bring it in either super high and land it on the front, or you have to hit it in to the front and let it kind of pop up there. But I just love playing that hole because it's just super challenging and. And when you hit it in the fairway, it's like, oh, boy, I get a chance to actually take on this hole the way it's supposed to be taken on instead of hitting one in the crud, then you got to lay up and uh, whatnot. But I would say number 10 is my favorite hole, uh, partially because of its difficulty, certainly because of its uniqueness. Uh, but Romano's is a place that I'm glad you got to go take in. And, um, you know, we, we won't talk final score because, yeah, I think it turned into a little bit of a bloodbath out there just from a perspective of the conditions. High, high 90s, high 90s. But, yeah. uh Good to see you take it on, and, and always uh, nice that uh, nice that Amanda lets you get out there and do it. I do have to, one thing I've been meaning to do for several weeks, and I keep forgetting, is got to shout out the wives, right? I mean, talk about a commitment on our part to do this thing every week, a commitment on the ladies' part for letting us do it, being supportive, all the golf we play to do this kind of stuff. So got if Sarah ever listens to one, it'll have to be episode six where I give her all the credit. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. <laughs> get that make, make sure that we, uh, we get Sarah to listen to that one. And, you know, I'll say, you know, from a shout out to the wife, and we'll talk about this here in a moment, but uh, my wife has taken over our Instagram account. So we actually have an Instagram account for fantasy Ooh, where do you sports find pros, us on Instagram? fantasy sports pros, man. And so uh, got some images up there, got some pictures, doing some following, doing some posting on that front. Um, and so uh, she, she's much more of a visual medium uh, type of person because she, she's much better looking than I am, but she's much more artistic in that uh, regard. But uh, she's going to be handling our Instagram account moving forward as well. So, Exciting. Um, you know, kind of a, a husband and wife team here, man. So from a, from a fantasy sports pro standpoint, but uh, appreciate her doing that. And again, yeah, you know, I, I would have been better off 
and you know, we'll kind of you know wrap this up here before we move on to our Zozo picks. The wind died down about three thirty, four o'clock that afternoon, <laughs> and so had had it been an afternoon tea time, it probably would have been pristine conditions because right. that was the most enjoyable part of the of the whole weekend, the whole trip. The weather from about four thirty. Till you know ten o'clock that night before we kind of well you know it worked out out from the family perspective that way you could uh, you hang out with Amanda on the best part of the day and uh, save the worst part of the day for the golf cook cook some stuff up on the grill there at the campsite and uh, you know had had a few adult beverages I needed it after that round of golf but uh, um, actually had some sales coverage out there and watched a little college football watched an Alabama Georgia game uh, at seven o'clock that evening and so worked out well Um, you know got up early you mentioned the weather got a little cool and a little little uh, drizzly. Uh, on Sunday afternoon here in the city, it started out there that morning. And so I think we left at around 9.30 uh, Watonga time out there, and uh, it was 50 degrees and starting Watonga to drizzle. Watonga time, also known yeah. as Oklahoma City Yeah, time. Central time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, by the time we got back to Oklahoma City, it was 73 degrees. And so there was a 23-degree 20, difference in that you know, hour and a half drive, hour and 15 minute drive. And so we timed it about right to get out of there before the weather got too cold and nasty. But a uh, fun trip, uh, probably do it again. Um, just have to wait for the next uh, OU bye week, I guess. But, uh, you know, moving moving on, Jay Till. Again, we talked about it. The Zozo yes. out in Cali this weekend. Uh, we got to make some picks here, man. And shockingly enough, I got you at the CJ Cup on our picks this weekend. You got dude. me, man. So, work, work, work the listeners through uh, what happened this this past week. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, again, there were no cuts at the CJ, so that that helped me immensely <laughs> from that standpoint. Uh, but but I'll say that uh, you know my guy to win the tournament, my pick the, this past weekend was Matty Wolf at uh, sixteen to one plus sixteen hundred. That was the worst pick out of all of our picks this weekend. And so, you know, had Xander Shoffley in there. Again, he finishes second. You had a really good pick in Terrell Hatton. And, again, we talked about that. He finishes in a tie for third. Uh, when you, uh, yeah, what do you call a guy the- that seems to, like, hate himself as much as Terrell Hatton does? He is, like, just self-immolation. I'm not sure what exactly it is, but this guy's reactions. You're When you watch him play golf, it's just part of being English, you right? are on the edge of <laughs> your seat. Him. Like, what is this guy going to do next? He had one of the greatest club throws of all time this week. It was just very much in sync. It, you know, releases the, uh, hits the ball, ball flies off, normal follow-through, and then just completely, like, axe throw down the fairway. It was brilliant, to use a British term. Absolutely brilliant, folks. I love this guy. I mean, he. I just can't tell you how much. If you've never watched him play golf, you know, the next time you tune in, kind of keep the antennas up for when Terrell Hatton uh, comes on TV. You he's going to be not, at the Zozo this weekend. You yeah, will he's not there. be disappointed with the entertainment that this guy puts on. You know, from top top to bottom, we made pretty good picks this week. So, again, outside of my Maddie Wolf pick, uh, everybody else uh, played pretty well. I had uh, um, Ian Poulter and uh, Justin Thomas uh, both uh, finished up there, I think tied for 12th, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, overall, from a money standpoint, from a FedEx point, uh, cup standpoint, I edged you with my picks uh, um, just barely, uh, and so it's you know shocking to me that uh, I guess I have honors this week, man. And so I don't really know uh, how to feel about this. you don't give up the box. You, yeah, you right? don't give up the box very often, and so I feel feel a little out of place here, man. New so territory. any advice? Yeah, well, I think uh, the biggest thing is pick folks that you are want to root for. I've made the mistake a couple times. Of picking guys, uh, we won't mention any names. Bryson, we won't mention any names. Patrick, Patrick Reed. Reed. Yeah. <laughs> that why did I do that? Now I got to spend the weekend rooting for this guy to play well instead of doing what I want to do, which is root for him to like break something, a, a club. We don't want anybody to get hurt. But 
that's the thing I would go with is don't pick guys that you wouldn't want to hang out with, maybe have a brew with. So uh, I'm not sure who you've already picked. If uh, I'll tell you if you pick somebody that you wouldn't want to have a beer with. How about that? Okay, well, let's dive into it, brother. And we'll go through the uh, the two, three, four, five, right? So again, remember, uh, we'll remind our listeners, we pick six golfers total, right? A two, three, four, five, a dark horse, and then our number one pick, our our guy that uh, that we think uh, is going to win it all uh, over the weekend. But, you know, I'll go number two. Let's go uh, Colin Morikawa, right? So you talk about a guy you'd like to have a beer with. Again, uh, the young kid that, uh, you know, he's had a great 2020 uh, whenever a lot of us, <laughs> 2020 has been kind of ugly, uh, won his first major uh, earlier. Uh, and, and he's a California guy, I believe. And so uh, kind of a hometown kid oh, yeah. here. Uh, expect him to play well. 20 to 1, feel like you're getting some value there. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Colin uh, Morikawa as one of my picks there. Uh, number three hole, going to ride the hot hand, Jason Cochran. So, or Co-Crack, I should say. Yeah, I get the guy's name right. Co-crack. So, he just, just, he, just he just won He just won his first PGA tournament, 233 starts. Uh, Jay, you'd think I'd show the man some respect. Show but, some uh, respect. Um, he's at 35 to 1. Probably not, you know, I don't know. There's That's being bet up a little bit, right, from an odd standpoint. Um, but I, I think, you know, maybe that's going to give him a little bit of confidence, right? And so, he'll take that out to, out to California and continue to play well, uh, make the cut. And uh, I, I don't know if there's cuts at the Zozo either. I think everybody kind of gets to I think we have. I think okay. We've got, all right. Good. This good. Bigger field. Yeah. Good. Good. So that, that gives me. You know, maybe uh, there's an asterisk next to my win this past weekend, given that the CJ didn't have any. Oh, cuts. absolutely. And so, yeah, you're um, you're a limited I'll, field guy. Want to get back to to a normal tournament here, but uh, number four, uh, Adam Scott at fifty to one plus five thousand. Uh, I actually had Jason Day in this slot, and the news broke earlier today that he had to withdraw due to, a, I think, a lingering back issue. Not COVID-related, I don't believe, but uh, uh, draw, uh, withdrew uh, due to a uh, – I, I think he was at the CJ and had to withdraw from that tournament yeah, as well. And so I uh, hope he gets well and hope he gets uh, better before the Masters uh, next month for sure. And then in the five hole, give me Ricky Fowler, right? We continue. I, I got to have an Oklahoma State or an OU golfer on my uh, list every single week. And uh, uh, Ricky didn't play so hot um, in the uh, last time I picked him, but uh, he's due on this one. And so at 55 to 1, feel like you're getting some good odds there. And he's played really well at Augusta uh, over the last few years. And so I think he kind of gets into a mode where he starts ramping up and really starts uh, honing his game to get ready for uh, the Masters. And so I would expect the this might be the tournament where he really starts dialing in and getting ready for that. But that's that's my two, three, four, five guys. But uh, who you got in the two, three, four, five slot uh, this weekend, Jay Till? Well, talking about riding hot hands and riding somebody who uh, I'm very high on right now, I'm going to stick in my two spot for uh, Mr. T- Lord Tyrell Hatton. I'm going to ride with him again, uh, mostly so I'll pay attention to all of his antics, quite frankly. We're going to put him in the number two spot. Think he'll play well, be there uh, at the end, but uh, not quite pull out the title. Number three spot, somebody who's been playing well, I would say, all year long, but it's been a little bit quiet lately. I'm going to go Daniel Berger. Somebody who, you know, is just was on fire coming off the restart. And has been a little bit of the forgotten man. I want to. I look for Daniel Berger to play pretty well this week. Decent value at thirty to one plus three thousand. I think that that our man Berger is going to come through uh, with a top ten for us out at Sherwood. Going a little bit lower down the list as we get in these four and five, trying to get give folks a little bit more value. I'm going to ride with my guy Hung Jay, Mr. Sung J M. You know. Yeah, I'm nothing if not predictable, Keith. And a week that goes by without picking Sungjae in a top five kind of situation just will not happen. 
It's a weak um, loss if you don't pick him. It so. really is. Yeah. I mean, how how can you say that a guy's your guy if you if you don't ride with him? And so my man Hung Jay, I think really Sherwood, in all seriousness, should be a course that favors him. He's just a, an elite level ball striker. Not a place where you necessarily have to putt particularly well. So I like Sung Jay to make some noise. And again, every week that he you know he's playing well, but it's not he's not top fiving. So that's why we're getting good value at plus fifty five hundred. Yeah, he got out of the gate slow last uh, week at the CJ. Shot a seventy eight, and then was actually pretty good for the three rounds after that. So, yeah, so but but no, for that no opening round, helped, no yeah, cut helped yeah. him to kind of be able to play all four rounds and figure some things out. And then uh, in my five spot, again going a little bit deeper down the board. Um, a guy that uh, I, I picked early and often in 2020, kind of pre-COVID, certainly rode him hard in 2019 whenever I totally dominated kind of a one-on-one deal with our man Chris Caldwell. Uh, he, he took uh, Cam Smith. I'm sorry, I took Cam Smith all year. He took Cam Champ, and I just destroyed him. It was being a beauty. Somebody I've kind of forgotten about. I feel bad. He did so well for me, and I've been leaving him on the cutting room floor. Give me Cam Smith at plus 9,000 to have a good week. Cam Smith. All right. I like that pick. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Well, we we got to go dark horse now. And, again, just a reminder for our listeners, dark horse from our definition is 100 to 1 or greater odds. Uh, and I'm kind of surprised. And I think we, we talk about this every week. And it's like, well, man, I can't believe that guy's 100 100 or, mm-hmm. <laughs> to one or more, uh, but there's probably a reason. Uh, there's a reason that uh, that their odds are that uh, great on a particular golfer. But give me Kevin Na uh, at plus uh, eleven thousand, so 110 to one. Again, qualifies for purposes of a dark horse pick uh, for our our little game here. You know, again, I, I think he's uh, uh, been been coming around. I saw some funny clips uh, with him uh, earlier this week too, and kind of put him at the uh, the forefront of my mind. And so so give me uh, uh, the Kevin Na. Uh, as my dark horse pick uh, for the Zozo this weekend. But who who do you got in that uh, long shot pick, bud? Long shot's always difficult because, you know, as, as we'll remind everybody, all of these odds are odds to win, right? So when we're picking a Kevin Na as a dark horse, we're kind of looking at that. He's going he's gonna to play well. He's going to be in the mix. Uh, we're certainly not picking uh, Kevin Na to win, which is what these odds are based on. But you kind of look in that 100 to 1 to the 150 to 1 range is where we like to pick folks. I'm going with what I told you at the beginning of the pod. Pick somebody you love to have a drink with, hang out with, easy to root for. My man, Harry Higgs. Oh, yeah. Big double H. This guy is just a thing of beauty. Handsome devil. Handsome devil, 135 to 1. He is going to make some noise. He's been playing. Talk about playing well every week. This guy has been super consistent. Uh, fun to watch. You need to you need to check old, old Harry Higgs out. He's my dark horse. Uh, what plus uh, 13.5. 135 to one. So, some long odds there, but uh, yeah, fun guy to root for. Uh, so, so we'll keep an eye on him. But you know, jumping back up to the top, our, our picks to win this thing this weekend, JT, and you alluded to it earlier. Uh, I'm just going to keep riding with my man, uh, Xander, uh, until he pulls it off. He was he was tantalizingly close. Uh, this past weekend at the CJ, uh, and and I think I think he's just on a hot streak, man. So I'm going to go uh, Xander Shoffley as my pick, eleven to one. Feel like that's some good value. Again, we talked about DJ; uh, he was one of the other co-favorites up there at eleven to one. John Rahm in that uh, ten to one, eleven to one range as well. Uh, but you know, DJ has obviously withdrew uh, due to some lingering COVID issues. But uh, give me the X Man, Xander Shoffley as my pick at eleven to one to win the whole thing. Well, this pick's going to be an easy one for me. I have uh, been laying off him for a few weeks because I know he is 100% pointing towards Augusta. 
We are now within striking range of Augusta, so he is going to be starting to play some amazing golf. My namesake, Mr. JT, Justin Thomas, 12-1. to 1. This Sherwood is definitely a course that favors him. He's going to be able to hit it long. He's amazing with his wedges. I want to say that he is going to come out and pro- – I, I would actually predict multiple stroke win this week. Wow, I think he's okay. going to win by two to three shots over a really good field out at Sherwood. Played well last week. I think he stubbed his toe one round, but he is gonna he's going to be there. I think he's going to have a hot week and take home the Zozo championship. All right. Well, you heard it here, gang. So those are your picks. Uh, go out and maybe uh, put a couple shekels on that. Uh, get some long odds in there. So hopefully uh, we can make some money for our listeners this weekend at the Zozo J Till. But well, man, I think that just about does it for this uh, this week's golf pod, brother. So all that's left now is to I tell you, man, get the tee week, time schedule, dude. It every, flies by. Every An week when we by. think, you know, it's going to be a short one, not a lot to talk about, and here we are at an hour. I just it's kind of kind of wild. So. Well, you make you make it fun. You make it easy on me, bud. So I appreciate it. Well, you know, I. The only thing, kind of cutting room floor kind of stuff, I would say is that I had, a, had an interesting, I wouldn't call it a meeting, an interesting um, meet up with the guys from Red Dirt Golf Collective, kind of a startup golf media brand uh, focused 100% on Oklahoma golf, Oklahoma golf courses. Some uh, A group that I think definitely aligns with what we're trying to do and just kind of get folks in Oklahoma who are, uh, you know, mediocre to, to, to regular uh, golfers, uh, more deeply interested in the game, keep us entertained, um, share stories. And so was uh, impressed with those guys and think that, uh, you know, hate to, you know, no free ads, obviously, but uh, I mean, we could give those guys a plug, right? So uh, where, where, where can our listeners, uh, there, there's plenty of golf pod and golf content to go around, right, J. Till? So uh, uh, if they're good people, they're good by you, man. So they're good by me, right? Yeah, I mean, the endorsement for me is definitely uh, going to go a long way, if nothing else. From and it's, a, it's that time be. of year, right? Endorsements, right? So you got to endorse certain uh, candidates. You got to endorse certain stuff. I mean, late October, early November, that's that's the time to endorse stuff. So Absolutely. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. But yeah, Red Dirt Golf Collective. Yes, and you can find them on both Twitter and Instagram under that, at Red Dirt Golf. Uh, easy to find out there and fun to have see them profile some Oklahoma courses. Uh, I, would, I would expect that... Uh, future guests on the pod when we get to a point where we want to start focusing on some Oklahoma golf courses specifically. And so wanted to uh, give those guys some love, have folks check them out. And um, it's exciting to see more and more folks focus on golf here in Oklahoma. Absolutely. And, and speaking of, of giving some social media love, J. Teal, where can our listeners follow you, bud? At Jonathan Teal, J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N. Two H's in that, Jonathan. Teal, all one word. That's uh, that's me on Twitter. Uh, tweet at me. I would love to hear uh, different stories about golf. We've had DC yeah, smattering of success, and we've asked folks to tweet specific things. Going to take a week off from that. But uh, certainly if you're out there, you found this somehow, and you're new to Oklahoma City, you're looking to get out, uh, tweet at us. We love to play golf with new folks. Uh, very welcoming group. And so at Jonathan Teal on Twitter. And it'll be a lively week, I'm sure, with my favorite golfer of all time, 
the big cat. He ended up at Sherwood this week. We'll have some tidbits out there. For you sure. might send a couple of tweets out. About uh, that, I'm going to tweet right? about okay, it. Okay, fair enough. So you know, follow follow Jonathan uh, on Twitter and all of his golf musings there. Well, again, brother, I re- appreciate you being in studio with me again. I look forward to doing it again next week. And while this will wrap it up for this episode, everyone, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going and to also keep up with everything we're doing over at the Sports Pros Network, follow us at fantasysportspros.com or you can follow us now on Instagram at fantasysportspros. And remember, that's pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, hit them straight out there. (laughs) 